Hello and welcome to the latest Forever Blue podcast. Uh, my name is Ian Cheeseman. This is a Manchester City podcast, hence it's called Forever Blue. You'll also find me on YouTube if you want to check out the videos that I do, uh, usually on match days. And uh, of course, there was the, the one at Old Trafford, as we're recording this on a Monday, the day before yesterday, which I'm sure you will enjoy, which had a little bit of history of uh, Manchester United, uh, which... Um, Hope you'll find interesting, uh, but also um, the story of the game before and after. Uh, I'll introduce my guests in just a second, but I just want to say a big thank you to Amar Development UK, who are the builders of um, lots of different things. They develop stuff around the Northwest particularly, but all over the world in truth. And uh, if you are familiar with the pyramid near Stockport that is being developed by Amar Development into a three-storey event centre and restaurant. It sounds very, very exciting. It used to be the Court Bank that was there, and now it will be something on a huge scale, scale, which I'm sure will be fabulous. And thanks very much to their support. So my star guest this week um, is the Andy Morrison, former city captain, and of course associated <laughs> with the club, and so proud to be associated with the club for so long, and we love to have him on. Always great to hear his opinions. And also two of our regulars, uh, Paul and Toby. So thanks to them too for uh, giving up an hour of <coughs> time as well to take place. So uh, let's start with that, you, Andy. I mean, obviously the, the derby match is the big one and I know you know how important that game is. Although Pep, before the match, was being asked by all the media, you know, is, is Liverpool a bigger game now? They were trying to tease him into saying, like Fergie did all those years ago, that the derby doesn't matter. But I'm guessing with your history at the club, that uh, the derby really does matter to you. So you will have really enjoyed that, won't you? Yeah, I did. Um, I did enjoy it. Listen, you're always apprehensive. Um, whatever said and done, you know, logically, that was it. The outcome was what we expected. But football never works that way, normally. Um, there's always a spanner in the works. You always think of the worst outcomes, a mistake, a back pass, a red card, something goes wrong, um, a phantom offside like we saw last year. Um, so you never know what to expect. Um, so logically, you've got one voice that's saying, yeah, listen, we're really strong and they're not the greatest. Um, and, you know, we've got everyone back fit. The bench looks really strong now. Um, you know, we're only missing De Bruyne. Yes, one of the top three players in world football. But, you know, we do have a lot of quality still in the squad and enough to win them games of football. And then your head is... You know, we've been here before and it's a derby and um, it's a tough, difficult one. But, you know, I did co-commentary on the game and, you know, there was three or four mistakes and they were our mistakes. They weren't created by United. They were our mistakes where we, we were just reckless in possession of the ball. And when you play the way City do, if one of your holding midfielders or a back four make a blatant mistake, you are wide open because everybody's in positions for the next phase of play. And, um, you know, and there was times there we looked a bit exposed, but it was down to our own doing. Um, and then once we got our rhythm up and going and, you know, the first goal, you know, we can go into the detail on that. I've already spoke about it on on um, Twitter. Um, you know, it was comfy. Um, you know, could have been 2-0 right on half time. Um, you know, I'm sure Haaland will be hugely disappointed that he didn't go left or right or head it down. Um, and it was a brilliant save, but you know, once the second goal went in, Ian, you know, it was an absolute procession. Um, you know, and listen, you're always you you you're never disrespectful about any opposition, but it was 
the golf in, in class was just there for everyone to see, you know, when it's already been as well, you know, it's been spoke about for the last, whatever it is now, 24 hours since the game. The golf is so huge now that, um, you know, it's going to take maybe a generation to get anywhere near City. I've been lucky enough to attend nearly 90 derbies now, uh, half of which, of course, would be at Old Trafford. And the early derbies, um, I was quite scared when I went there, not only because of the threat that United posed on the pitch, but also the conditions that there were in society at the time with hooliganism, etc. Remembered, um, you know, darts raining down from behind us, you know, in the away end and stuff like that. It just wasn't a... And, and, chases through the streets but it wasn't like that at all now I mean the whole atmosphere outside the ground was different and on the pitch United are not to be feared Andy are they I mean let, let, let's be honest about this I, I thought they were they were uh, pretty poor really yeah I think you know listen obviously they've got they've got you know they've got problems with injuries at the minute and they don't seem to be able to get any settled team um, I'm not sure what the identity is the philosophy methodology, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, a clear plan of what they're trying to do on the football pitch. And yeah, that might be down to personnel, but, um, you know, it's, it is, it, so this is going back to the start of the season, the Wolves game. I watched the, the Wolves game, um, the first game of the season, uh, and immediately, you know, I've got, I've got a lot of mates to United fans. And, you know, we spoke after that game and I said, you are in all sorts of trouble, by the way. Um, because Wolves ripped them to bits at times on the turnover of possession and they couldn't keep the ball, Wolves kept it better. And I just thought, it's going to be tough this, you know, when they kind of weathered through it and, you know, going into a derby, you want to be on the front foot. And yeah, they got a couple of victories. And But the the, the victory in midweek going into this game, and you know, dangerous attacks. They had 20% more at Copenhagen. They had more corners. They had more shots on goal. They had, you know, the... It was just like, if this is what Copenhagen can do, you know, City are going to be a really, really big game for you. And I don't want to talk too much about United. I'd rather talk about City, but I think it's, you know, it'd be remiss of me not to say um, the injuries, uh, uh, the, the the back four that they put out on the pitch um, and also the gulf between the two teams was just incredible at times in that second half. You know, City have an identity. It's a clear game plan and everyone knows what they're doing. It was interesting that um, uh, the Wolves manager was speaking about, um, he was talking about um, Tottenham Hotspur and how their rotations are not things that they're used to. He said, you know, we all know what Manchester City are going to do, which is a fantastic. If you're a manager, you know what the opposition is going to do, but stopping it is different. You know, we know where City will be. We know the channels. We know the areas they're going to find. We know the rotations. But it's that finely tuned and every single player, whether it's Rico Lewis comes in, whoever it is, everybody knows what the game plan is and how we're going to do things. And those patterns of play that we see continually don't change with the personnel. Um, so you'd think that would give an edge to the opposition, but it doesn't because it's City, it's just like a machine. And it's um, and when it's as fluent as it was in the second half, you know, we've seen it, we saw it last year, Liverpool at home, Arsenal, Real Madrid. You can't stop it. There is no team equipped on you know, planet Earth to stop Manchester City when they're at their, you know, at their very, very best. I agree with you that uh, I don't particularly want to talk about United either, but there is one thing that I want to say, which is when I saw that team 
and uh, and you a central defender who you know led the team perfectly from where you were uh, and I looked at Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans as the two central defenders I must admit that the edges of my mouth um, moved up and I thought surely those two are not going to be able to stop Erling Haaland and Julian Alvarez and this City team. Did you think that, or are we being too unkind there? Perhaps being unkind. Like Johnny Evans is you know, an exceptional player. He really is a talented player. And Maguire, when he's bang on form and his confidence is high, is more than equipped to deal with certain players. But it's just the makeup again. And, you know, you got Amrabat who's come in and there's no, there's no... There's no rhythm there. There's no familiarity in their shape and their team and their relationships between your centre-halves, your holding midfielders, your full-backs and your centre-halves, your wide men. There's nothing. So it was always going to be, you know, incredibly tough. But in saying that, sometimes when when, when a unit and a team are, are that disjointed, it can be hard, harder to play against um, because you're not sure where people are. And, you know, when there were so many times that we're... Walker was out and Rashford's the wrong side. He's not deep enough. To, to, so you're always going to get hurt on the turnover if you don't punish them with that sort of two-on-one and then wide areas. And then you give the ball away. You've got one of the most dangerous players. So there was always that danger of just not... the You're not familiar in what they're doing or their patterns or how they're going to play. And that could be quite dangerous at times. But like I say, the, the only problems we had were what we brought on ourselves. There was a couple of... Uh, and Guardiola was a couple of times he just, you know, misplaced a pass and then it was a little shove on Foden when he put um, Rashford in behind. But um, there was, apart from that, it was very, very comfy. And, you know, if we'd been ruthless, you know, I don't think four or five, six would have flattered City in, in, in any way. And, um, you know, there was uh, a couple of games ago, we just weren't firing, but I just thought in midweek, you know, you I just started to feel it again, and then um, on I just thought at times they were back to where they are. Still missing De Bruyne, because there's a turnover in possession, and and he is the best in the world at playing the ball down the side. You know, we haven't seen balls played in behind or bent between a centre half and a fullback this season for Haaland in behind. They're different kind of goals, and De Bruyne gives us that. You know, and he's unique in his ability to be able to to not have to move his feet and still get the ball into the right areas um, for Haaland. And um, we do miss that, but the rhythm and, you know, Bernardo, the combination with Grealish and it was just exceptional at times. And it was a pleasure to watch. And, you know, if you are connected, you know, um, I was fortunate enough to play for the football club, but my, my kids are all city fans and, you know, I can see the pleasure that it brings to them. And, you know, my son's six foot four, but he's six, six today. You know, when he's walking around with his chest out and it's great to see. And that's, listen, we, we, we've had to deal with it for many, many years and had to remain humble. And it is nice now that, um, you know, and it's not about, let me tell you this as well, Ian, it's not about, and the boys will agree with this, not about staying humble. Now, it's a derby and you celebrate that derby and you give it what it deserves because it's a victory and it's huge. I played golf this week with a couple of city lads and, um, and listen, you get your, your blue tinted your glasses on um, and we talk about Champions League and they're like, not interested, Champions League, league, it's all a bonus, just beat United. And I'm like, come on, lads, come on. No, no, we we have to win this game. It still means that. And it can never be like, 
you know, oh, it's Liverpool are our main threat now, Arsenal. No, it can't be that. And this, like, be dismissive, because that's the ultimate disrespect you can show for somebody by saying, nah, it's not. No, it's not. It's a derby. It's massive. And, you know, and, and we've won it um, in, in a magnificent way. And it should be celebrated and we should be proud and we should be on social media and you should be shouting at work and uh, because the fans were suffocated for so long and you'd go into a derby game. You know, I I was injured for two derbies, both the derbies I was injured in, but we would have took a draw. If you'd offered us a draw before the game, we'll take it. We'll take a draw. The turnaround now is they will take a draw any time against Manchester City. They'll snap your hands off if they could get a draw against us. And it's... uh, it's been a massive change in fortune. Well said. I mean, you know that I that the thing I loved most in my professional life certainly was being behind the microphone like you are these days and commentating. And I commentated on the six one at Old Trafford. Um, and although there was a five goal margin, and that was long stay in the memory as my favourite derby at Old Trafford. I can't help thinking that the margin of difference between City and United yesterday, even though it was only 3-0, was as big, if not bigger. Don't you think? Yeah, it was. You know, we obviously we were so clinical in the 6-1. Um, and don't forget, you know, they had a couple of half chances. You know, Edison had to make a couple of good saves, but it wasn't that. It was the general play. And it, and it looked like um, at any time, you know, if they just upped the pace. There was one passage of play where, you know, there was 15, 20, you know, 20, 25 passes. And then they just moved the ball. Jack Reed has come into a little pocket on half turn, turned. He's at the back four. And it was just like, not sure how you stop this. You know, it was hard enough with a, a top team, um, you know, that are playing together regularly, you know, let alone a disjointed team. It's so difficult. To, to stop City when they're in that. And there's, well, listen, whatever said and done, there's an edge to to, to, the, to that City team when they play United. And whatever, whatever's been generated, however that comes from, you know, the connections in England or whatever with, you know, with Stones and Maguire or Rashford, whatever it is, there's an edge and you can sense it. Bernardo, they're at it. You know, when it, and it's healthy. It's really good that, um, you know, they're going into that game wanting to leave an impression, just not wanting to beat them. And it was important we got the clean sheets. And you, I can sense it. You know, if you, if you if you see the penalty, and there's a shot behind, just have a look at John Stones when the penalty goes in. He just like he literally he jumps up in the air with both hands and he falls to his knees. It means so much to them. The derby is a huge, huge game, and rightly it should be. It you know it's uh, and they treat it with the respect it deserves. Well, we all know the full lyrics to the Johnny Stones song, so I think that would be appropriate. Um, let, let's bring in the other the other two lads now and see how they're feeling. I mean, Paul is a owner of a, a garage, you know, so he has customers coming in. Um, so no doubt, um, at least some of them will be United fans. Um, I just wonder what uh, reaction you've had today, how proud you've been, how much you've celebrated, and what that derby meant to you, Paul. Well, I didn't tweet yesterday while the game was on because I've uh, I've learned the lesson with that a few times. Um, but I'd just like to say my heart's pounding here listening to Andy talk because he's an ex-football player who played for City and he thinks exactly, and I can speak for Toby here and yourself, and he thinks exactly how we do. I mean, I've been giving it large on social media today purely because of the grief I got as a kid growing up, you know, the younger generation at the moment don't realise what, what a derby meant back in the day. Um, I was like a 10, 11-year-old kid 
and I was getting grief at, you know, junior school because I was a City fan. Everybody laughed at me. There was a couple of us who were City fans. And we got so much grief. So when 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 the shape took over, and I, I never dreamt it was going to be like this, um, but it's, it, I, I get so nervous on derby days because it takes me to that dark place. You know, and I, I genuinely mean that because it was a horrible time to be a City fan. But I think because of that, it makes the victories against United even better. I mean, I, I was, as soon, as soon as we won that game yesterday, that was it, bang, I'm jumping round the house, I've got my shirt on, was round to the next door neighbour who's a United fan, he got a bit of grief. I was on Twitter. Today, <laughs> I've just been... People ringing me up. My old school teacher rang me up and sort of like congratulated us because he's a City fan and all my customers who were coming in today were all City fans. People I spoke to on the phone. They all know what it means to me. You know, anyone that's been to my garage knows, knows I'll, I'll talk about football all day to them. Um, you know, and it, it, that was absolutely superb. And, I, and I'll back you up what you said there, Ian. That, that yesterday was better than the 6-1. The 6-1. One, we kind of they, they kind of capitulated at the end, so the game was a lot closer than the actual six-one sort of tells the story. But yesterday we absolutely destroyed them. Andy's right, you know, the, the, their chances came from our mistakes, um, and it was so funny watching those two Herberts trying to kick bits out of us. Um, it kind of I, I was laughing my head off because it was like that's all you've got. Gary Neville called it. He said, you know. Fernandez, he'll start whinging, then he'll start kicking. And and he, he started whinging and he said, there you go. And then he started kicking. And it was just sort of like, your team's a joke. They're absolutely miles apart. It, I'm going to copy what Ferguson said. Not in my lifetime are they going to get back to that level that we're at now. They're miles away from us, country miles away. And you know what? It's fantastic. And it couldn't, mm -hmm. the, the demise couldn't happen to a better team. I'm just gutted that Ferguson isn't their manager at the moment because he'd have been sacked because he's a dinosaur. He, he, he won't be able to handle what's going on at that club. He bailed out as soon as he knew that was coming in and all the rest was going on. You know, and Andy said there about, you know, what, what it means. It was like the whole club yesterday channeled there in a Mike Doyle. Um, there was a video afterwards in the changing room and for anybody that doesn't think that the derby means anything, it was like having a, a team, an international team, bearing in mind, actually all, all believed they were from Manchester yesterday, the way they were, you know, celebrating. It, it, you know what? It, it, it was fantastic. That's all I can say. It was fantastic. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. You deserve it. Um, Toby, as a younger fan, <laughs> you come to expect this sort of thing, don't you? See, yeah. a different perspective. You say that every time we win. I was going to say, just to, just to add on, on to what Paul was going to say, um, you know, what was that Fergie said about, about Manchester City being favourites for a derby? Not in my lifetime. And who was it that said not not? Now it's every time. That was last season when we played them and we beat them 6-3 at home. That was just... There is such a huge... There's a chasm between us and United now. We are so far above them. There's so much I've got to say about this. We, 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 I, I can't even sum into words how good we were yesterday. In terms of the, in terms of the result, in terms of 
how far ahead of them we were. We we were it was a bigger margin than the six one definitely, um, in terms of the the gap in, in the team, not the scoreline. Um, it, it was a great performance. I, I couldn't name a bad player, but Edison's distribution yesterday, by the way, was just you know that just sums up when everyone gives him stick for not being the best shot stopper. And he saved the only shot that really came at him yesterday, by the way, and it was a properly good save. Um, when when everyone gives him stick for not being a great shot stopper, you look at his distribution yesterday, you know, that's the reason we're able to tick the way we do. It's one of the main reasons we're able to tick the way we do is because we've got a goalkeeper that can distribute the ball into midfield and take four, five, six players out of the game with one pass. It was incredible to watch. Bernardo, amazing. Erling, amazing. Foden, amazing. And like Paul says, the team really get what it's like. To, it's almost like they're, man, they're seasoned Manchester City fans like you guys. You know, it, it's fantastic. And I said, I think I said, I can't remember which podcast it was. I said last season that there seems to be a, a connection between the players and the and the fans this season. And, and that that video in the change room really just shows it reflects that that connection. It's it was amazing to watch. Um, I will say as well, um, it was just before the game. Obviously, there was the um, there was the tributes to to Sir Bobby Charlton. It was obviously very sad to hear of his loss last week. Um, and it was it was great that that you know City. You know some things are more important than football, and it was great that before the game we could come together and and applaud um, Sir Bobby. Um, and it was it was fantastic that that no one was being disrespectful. Um, that everyone came together. It was such a great. And as I say, more some things are just a bit more important than football and and what what happens on the pitch. But but as soon as that whistle went, it was it was lights out for them. We were we were incredible. I don't want to bring Tom down in any way, and you're right to say what you are saying, Toby. But I'm just going to mention a friend of mine, Mark, who um, who passed away this morning, who the club had sent the trophies to at the Willowwood Hospice that he was in uh, only just over a week ago, which was a magnificent thing for the club to do, and uh, gave him a real boost. Um, you may have even seen him on the vlog that I did at the Brighton game, and unfortunately he passed away this morning. So the last match he attended was the Manchester derby. Uh, the FA Cup final at Wembley and the last game that was played during his lifetime was the 3-0 at uh, Old Trafford yesterday so um, I'm, I'm certainly thinking about him today. Now in term, and obviously that just illustrates that there are more important things to football but football is what gives us a spirit it's what gives us life, it's what gave him life, it's what he enjoyed watching and he was part of the City family and that to me, is as important as, as anything. Um, when we come back to the game then, I mean, you mentioned uh, Bernardo, the Toby, and I think he got the official man of the match. He seemed to have a slightly different role, did he, Andy, in the in the game yesterday? Then we, he, I mean, he's so flexible, he can play anywhere, but he had a, a slightly different role at Old Trafford, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't think we can cement anyone down to saying what their role is. Um, perhaps... You know, perhaps Rodri and Diaz. You know, I think Picard, oh, you go this marauding forward. Um, you know, Walker turns up on the right wing. You look at the ball that Rodri played in behind, which is a ball that's become familiar um with me and patterns of play of late, you know, where where Walker arrives in behind their left back, um, and it's very dangerous and hard to defend when he gets a momentum. So I'm not sure if anyone really you know, has anything, you know, Jack coming off the left, yeah, Foden drifts inside more, but, um, you know, Bernardo caused them all sorts of problems, and it's just, 
it's just the way they play to stretch to create an opening but so everything is measured and every run has a a reason for it it's not off the cuff he'll be running in behind that if they don't track it he's in behind in between the center half and the fullback and then it's game on whether he pulls it back if they do run with it it creates an opening and a space for somebody else to step into that then pull center half out of position. You then might get down the side of a center half with Hallen, but everything has a, a purpose. Um, and, and I think that's probably one of their, the greatest strengths of, of the, of the players, you know, they know, you know, when, when, when um, it almost becomes a three box three, when, when stones goes into midfield, so you got two sixes and two tens, uh, you know, out of possession, then it can become a five or we can drop back into a, almost a four, four, two where Alvarez joins, it's just so hard for the opposition to stop it. And then what compounds it is the quality of the players. There was a, there was a moment in the second half, and it, it's something to show any young footballer, that no matter how tight you get to somebody, and it was Bernardo Silva, McTominay has gone to close him down, and he just carried the ball to the left and then croifed his way out of it and then went away three yards. By the time McTominay got to him, he croifed back the other way, and that was McTominay dead. And then he moved the ball. And you can't, it's, it's all right. So you've got to press. You've got to get the heads down. You've got to close them. You've got to intimidate them. You've got to, you can't against top, top players. Um, you know, top players, I think you probably can. But these are top, top players. And you can't get close to them. And what, what City want, they want you to go and press them. They want you to come out of your shape. It's like... Um, it's like Stones, Rodri, Diaz, or Akanji when they're in there. They're like matadors with with that red cape, and they're just taunting you. Come on, just come, just and then they'll wait and they'll wait and they'll wait. Just come, and when you pop out, they'll bounce it, wall pass it, and they'll get past your press. But they can't do that if you stay in your shape. You know, then then the the, the movements are different once you get into the final third. There's different movements, but that middle third movements are they're just they're relentless and they're just taunting you all the time. And it's like, I always refer to it when I come up against it. It's like dope football. You're waiting for the dope in the opposition to switch off. You don't know who it's going to be, but you keep moving it. You keep rotating it. You keep waiting and then bang, one of their players switch off. And then the, the quality um, that comes from City is they're able to find that spare man in that space where somebody's dropped off too deep. They've not tracked a runner. Um, and eventually, which I think is important when we see Pep on the on the sidelines in the first 10 minutes, um, the, the, the tempo that he wants to play at and to get the throw-ins back on the pitch is to mentally fatigue the opposition because physically they can keep going. You know, the, these, these athletes now with sports science are remarkable, Ian. They could play 90, they could take an hour and play 90 again. They're that, they're, they're specimens now. But the mental side of it, the way City move the ball relentlessly and, you know, when they put a goal kick down, Edison wants to go straight away. Don't let them switch off. They've got to keep their concentration. And you see it every game, 30, 35 minutes, and then from 70 onwards. If they don't make the substitutions, the teams get pulled to bits because they're they're mentally shot with the movements. And, you know, the, the, the second goal was that early in the second half where the the movement from Bernardo Silva on the blind side and the reverse pass, which is is impossible to defend against it. But they moved the ball that quick. That was the first time that they got exposed on a two-on-one situation. Up until that point, they doubled up. McTominay continually doubled up on Jack. Or it was Eric Simmons coming back in. 
Um, and there was only the option was to come back and move the ball. That was for the first time in the game where you could reverse it on the outside and Bernardo got in. And like I say, uh, I've played in games, I've managed teams playing against that in the Champions League where they're so superior. And you're just hoping that your players can keep their focus and not switch off because that's where the good teams, you know, we, we, we played against Partizan Belgrade in the Champions League and it was nil-nil for 58 minutes and we were hanging on and then one mistake and they just went bang, 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 go the first time in the game, you know, and the City are at another level. So their comparison to what they're coming up against is you can't stop it. Eventually, you know, you might get lucky in a game. You might get lucky and um, and somehow manage to get through. The keeper might be brilliant. The finishing will be poor. But, you know, City are creating that many chances. It's it's normally 15 to 25 attempts on goal. Uh, with those ratios, you can't you can't stop City. This is brilliant analysis. I'm loving this, Andy. Um, let me ask you this question before I bring the other two lads back in again. Is this all down to City having the best 11 players on the pitch in any game? Or is this just down to Pep? And, and can, why can nobody else do what he does? Um, listen, I don't want to blow smoke up the manager's ass. I think everybody does that. You know, we've got the best pundits in the world who relentlessly, your Keens, um, whoever it is at the top end, they know Pep is the, you know, is the um, the magic factor. And it really is, Ian, you know, and it's, we, we, we speak about generational managers. You know, I think Ferguson was ahead of Wenger, um, but you go to Paisley and through the decades, there's managers that created an empire and he is unique in what he does. Um, I did my pro license with Arteta um, and there were times where we'd sit in, you know, in Celtic Manor when we were doing our, our work and it, 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 when we were in the throes of doing the, the pro license and he would talk about Pep and just the relentless nature that he has and the lengths he'll go to to win a game of football and his complete commitment. Um, you see him pitch side, you know, you've won championships, you've won Champions League in in Germany in 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 Spain in you know in the UK and yet a pass goes astray and he falls to his knees with his hand in his you know or a missed opportunity or a mistake where they play in the wrong area he he hates balls from midfield played into zone fourteen which is the D in around the box because he knows that's where we'll get countered that's dangerous he always wants it to go wide and probe so that you're building the castle behind all the time. The passing and the build-up is to create when you lose possession or that moment when you go, right, bang, we're going to go. If it breaks down, everything is in position behind so that you'll suffocate them straight away. And the detail that comes from that is, you know, of course you can get other managers, but it's not just it's not just a textbook that's put on a table and said, this is the pet way. He's the energy. He's the driver of it. He's the, you know, every single... Every single keep ball session in training, every passing drill, every pass has to be right. And that's unique to have that um, relentless appetite when you've been so successful. He's a unique human being in manager, in management. And um, and that, if that answers your question, yeah, he's the, he's the um, you know, until the next one comes along. Um, because like I said, it's a generational manager. Uh, you know, it's a generation because um, they don't come along. 
you don't get two or three of them at the same time. You know, a lot of Liverpool people talk about Klopp, and probably rightly so. But for me at the moment in world football, Klopp's probably the closest to him, but he's still not on the same level as Pep. Oh, I'm just loving listening to this. This is brilliant, brilliant from you, Andy. Thank you. Um, I mean, one of the things I've noticed as well is that when a player plays a pass, they don't just play the pass to the player. They play it to his right, you know, whichever is his strongest foot, whichever direction he's playing. Um, I think Pep's talked about Deserby doing this at Brighton, that the receiving player has to have the right body shape when he receives it. And obviously the pass then takes that into account so that you, the player isn't having to readjust or control. It might only be a split second, but that can make the difference to the relentless nature of what you're talking about. Well, you know, you were nodding along to that, Paul. I mean, we're only we're not in the same stratosphere as somebody like Andy and Pep, but but we're, as fans, as people who watch, you can see some of this, can't you? And when you listen to Andy, it sort of all slots it into place, doesn't it? Well, I certainly relate to the bit where uh, Andy was going on about being specimens. I mean, I think me and you, Ian, can definitely relate to that because we we are specimens. Um, we should be in a jar full of vinegar or something like that, a pickle, I think. But um, no, I mean, I'm absolutely, it, it mesmerizes me sometimes. I mean, I, I stand in block 111 and, you know, in a singing bit, if you like. And sometimes we, we people say that we're quiet and the atmosphere is not what it was. I'll tell you the reason for that. And it's pure and simple. We're actually watching the football because it's absolutely mesmerizing. It, it, you know, you, you, the away fans, they kind of, they, they try the hardest to, you know, have a go at you. You know, they, they, they pick on empty seats or they'll pick on summer, you know, because they can't have a go at the football. The football is mesmerising. And anybody that says what the, the city are boring or anything like that, don't know football. Because it's a game, it's a proper game of chess. I mean, I, I, I liken City players now to, you know, you know, all this, work, you know, defensive midfield and, and all the rest of the stuff. It's like having an American football team out there, but you don't have defence and offence, as they call it. You just basically flick a switch in the head and they become defence. You flick it again and they become offence. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. He's, he's making good players even better. And, you know, you look at, you look at City's recruitment, he, he he brings in players that he knows have got the certain attributes that he needs in his team. He don't go out and buy a big name. He's not interested in you know like United go out and buy big names, don't they? They just want to buy off the off the shelf, off the peg. Um, you know, players. Pep gets a player, deconstructs him, and then rebuilds him back again. So exactly what he wants. And if he can't, if, if for whatever reason the plate, when Pep came in, there was people saying, oh, you know, Joe Hart, Joe Hart, this, that, and these other players. Even Aguero, when he came, when, when Pep got there, Aguero reinvented himself because Pep wanted him to do it. He broke him down and he brought him back hungry and made him even better. He's got rid of players because they don't, they can't do what he wants them to do. He might be good players in any other team, he probably won't walk in. But if he can't get them to do what he wants, he gets rid. He's got every single player in that club now who will do exactly what he wants them to do. And if, if they can't, they're out the door. It's simple. He's a, the man's a genius. Um, he's he's pretty pretty scary, to be honest. I mean, I, I, 
I can imagine his missus must just hate it. You know, I think she lives in Spain, doesn't she? Because she needs to be away from it because he must live and breathe football. It's, it's, it's amazing. I can't say I can't say enough about Pep to be honest with you because he is the catalyst, and I'm I'm feared when he goes. I hope he's got somebody lined up. I hope he's got a source with the apprentice. Why has Calvin Phillips not been moulded, Andy, by Pep, given what we're all saying about the genius that is Pep Guardiola? I've not. I'm obviously not behind the scenes, so I don't know how, how he trains. Um, everything anyone I speak to said he's a top, top lad, um, great bloke. Um, but there's qualities that you need to play that pivot for, for City, and, and, and it's unique. Uh, and you know, in Rodri, we 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 have um, we have the best in the world. He is the best, bar none. It, as simple as that. There is no argument from anyone can get anywhere near Rodri now. Um, and then to have stones to step in when you turn over possession uh, and those times where we drift back into a four, um, you know, he's not going to be able to drop back into a centre half, and he couldn't start in a centre half position. So there's only going to be it's going to be Rodri and another, and it'll always be Stones when he's fit, um, and you know, and for Phillips, it's you know you've you've he, I think he uh, listen I think he he'd be quite happy to admit that you know he's come into a stage in his career where he's come alongside the best holding midfielder in world football, and that's what probably Phillips' strength was um, at Leeds. You know, that's what you what he, what you'd say in. England. I don't think when he goes further up the pitch, I don't think he has the peripheral vision uh, and the awareness to be able to play further up the pitch. So that's his strength when he's facing play. He has a great range of passing. Um, probably as good, if not better than Rodri. His range of passing is excellent, but we don't play them balls. We play in a different way. And um, so, you know, I'd, I, has he ever played and let us down? No, but he just doesn't get the game time. And, you know, whether it's Kovacic or do you want to look at a different way of playing? Even Bernardo would drop back in there and get us playing in a different way. So I don't think it's about not being able to get the best out of him. Um, I just think it's the personnel, the way we play, and it's just fitting that in and finding a place. And at the moment, if everyone's fit, you know, we, he won't be first choice and maybe not second choice. But, I mean, that's no... That's no... Um, you know, judgment on him. I just think it's the quality of the squad and the players who have adapted to the way that Pep wants to do things may be slightly better. I don't want to keep playing the youth card with you, Toby, but obviously, you know, you're because you're a different generation um, coming through, you, you're watching football like this as the norm. I went along to watch Oldham against Alting on Saturday before I saw the, the derby on Sunday. And the people around me, and I don't mean this unkindly, this is just how it is, you know, that the Oldham fans who go there every week uh, watch the game or watch a different game, but they also watch it very differently. So, you know, the the sort of shouts of get into him and shoot, even though there was nothing on, and the sort of very, very basic football terms were the norm. And, I, and as I sat there watching it, I mean, I know the five divisions below City, so I don't expect them to be the same level of quality, but I thought... Now, as City fans, and Paul's alluded to this when he says, 
you know, instead of chanting and and just singing and eating his uh, meat and potato pie before the game, which is his tradition, you know, he's now got to the stage where he is watching this chess match. And again, I'm using his term in, in a very different way than maybe he would have done four or five years ago. So we as fans have been almost educated. I just wonder where you are on that journey, Toby, because as I say, you, 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 your most of your footballing time has been watching Pep, has been watching this man, magnificent era. And I don't know how much other football you watch, but you know, it, it, do you watch the game slightly differently than than old us older ones do? Um, do you know what? One, one thing I do a lot, especially for the home games, um, I will what, and, and I've done this over over the last probably three or four years, especially, um, is watch one player for about five or ten minutes because it's incredible. You can, and you can watch that for ninety. You could watch each di- different player for for ten minutes, five or ten minutes of the game, and you learn so much about what how City play because. They, the movement will be insane. I mean, you look at just not to keep picking, not to keep picking him out because, you know, I, I don't want to keep picking the same players, but Bernardo is a perfect example. He's always the player that runs most. If you watch Bernardo Silva for 10 minutes of a football game, you, I mean, he's more running than I've ever done in my life in that 10 minutes. It's absolutely, it's incredible. And, and you could, and it's any player, any of our players. Um, and that's just something that I've done and something that I, I quite enjoy doing, especially when we're playing incredibly well I think games like yesterday it's difficult to do that for me because you're enjoying it too much um you know I think you ever stopped singing yesterday did you <laughs> well yeah you were literally right <laughs> below me I did did you hear me <laughs> every single time every single time I looked down you were looking up at me when we scored and I'm like he's doing that purpose point the camera yeah um no it was it was it was great and you know, as a young fan, you you want to do that sort of thing. You want to enjoy the moments because you know that if if it was the other way around, maybe doing exactly the same thing. Um, so you want you want to soak all that up, and for the away games, especially when you know you've got seventy odd thousand Manchester United fans sitting in the stadium, absolutely hating their lives, uh, and we're three 0 up, absolutely dominating them. You want to be singing, and you want to be singing. You know, all, all the years, even though I'm a City fan all my life, like like you guys have, or my dad has. Um, well, say all my life I haven't been a City fan as long um, you know I can I can still go to the game and understand what it means to win a derby and and I think the Champions League meant so much more because I've done those nights where you know went to Madrid you know lost, lost conceded two goals in the last minute came back you know absolutely depressed Porto went to Porto got my heart broken went to the Tottenham game at home and we, we scored, Aguero scored in the last, sorry, Sterling scored in the last minute, you know, pandemonium, and then it gets ruled out. We've had those moments, had those heartbreak. So to win that and have all those years of not just Manchester United times, but every single set of fans singing, where's your European Cup, Champions of Europe, you'll never, you'll never sing that. So to go to Manchester United and sing Champions of Europe, we know what we are. It, it's just, and, and I, I think I speak for all City fans of any age, is just such an incredible thing and such a, a, a monumental achievement. What I will say about Pep as well, just because we were talking about it a few minutes ago, I don't want to re- reiterate topics too much, but winning is one thing. Winning in the way in the way they do is another. But being able to win that much, be that successful, and then turn around and win again and again, that's what's difficult. To win a treble and then have to turn around and go, 
right, now it's all reset again. We've got to go again. It's all back to zero. We've got to go and do it all again. It's amazing. And and I was slightly worried at the start of this season that we were we got into a mentality of we've won the treble. What what you know, what where can we next go? Because our, our performances weren't great. And I don't like to criticize too much, but you know, we've looked at this season, we looked at losses like wolves that just shouldn't have happened. Arsenal, okay. We we Arsenal weren't great, we weren't great. Yeah, but but the general performances haven't been amazing. And then you, you see a game like yesterday where we just schooled them and you go, well, back City are back. We know we can do it in the big games. So what's going to stop us doing it again? Is that the turning point then, Andy? I mean, now we look forward to what's to come and there are three big games on the horizon, I would argue, although given Chelsea's current up and down form and their last result when they were beaten at home, um, maybe they're not as tough as they once were, but... You know, Chelsea away, Tottenham and Liverpool at home before the derby match might have given what Toby was saying. And and I must admit, City weren't playing absolutely amazingly before the derby. Um, I, I was a little bit more anxious. Should we now as City fans all be thinking, hang on a minute, after that 3-0 victory at United, such dominance, um, fielding arguably the strongest 11 bar Kevin De Bruyne could possibly have fielded, City have turned the corner. Is that how you feel? Yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, in the season so far, I think it's only the Wolves game that is difficult to understand. Um, and when you when you break down a defeat and you look at it, and I, I didn't see the game, and um, I think I was actually away. I think I was in Sri Lanka. And, um, and then I look at the stats afterwards. And, you know, I think we had 25 shots. Um, they had whatever it was, six or seven shots, and they only had one on target and scored two. So it was obviously something on that day. And they do happen over a season. And they can't happen too often, but they will happen. And the stats just didn't add up. It was 70% City. It was 26 shots, something stupid like that. Uh, 15 or, or 12 or 15 on target. And then it was Wolves had four and one on target and scored two. So... You know, there, that's the only thing in the season so far. Because if you take that as it should have been, a victory, you know, we're one point top and we're in a really good, you know, vein of form, especially after the, the midweek game against Young Boys. And then yesterday, you start to just feel it. But every game is treated in the same way and it will never get ahead of itself. You know, it'll be into Bournemouth and then that'll be put to bed and it'll move on to the next one. It doesn't manage with one eye on then and again too because it's too dangerous especially in the Premier League it's too dangerous so get this one out of the way play the best we can but don't keep a player back ever and I don't think he does don't ever keep a player back with that game in mind play this game if we pick up an injury or a suspension we'll go with the best that we have in the next game and it's the only way to go and it's what he does and he can do and he has to because the expectations are so high now. The bar has been set so high. Other clubs might be able to. You know, we can get through these two games. We then have two teams in the bottom two or three that we need to win to maintain sort of that mid-table that keeps us safe. City can't think like that. They have to win every game. And it's only probably Arsenal who will feel that way. Liverpool, you know, and by the way, I think Liverpool are a threat um, in a similar way to what Arsenal were last, were last year. But can you win Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, Tuesday, Saturday? 
can you keep doing that throughout the season? City can. And they've shown they can do it. And that's the thing that's so difficult for these other teams. They can have runs of form, five, six wins. But they, to do it 18, 19, 20, only City, um, with the squad, but also the manager's um, drive, are the only ones I feel equipped to do it over a season. And that's why I, I still think, you know, we're, we're the clear favourites to win the league. But going back to them three games, tough games. Absolutely. You know, Tottenham are flying. Liverpool are... I really like Liverpool. The balance this year. Um, the energy is back to where they were when they had Mane and they were at their best. Um, and, you know, I think... Um, I think Chelsea... If, if the Chelsea turn up that we've seen in other games, we know they're going to be dangerous. But again, you know, without wanting to repeat myself, if we are at our fluent best... And the rhythm is there that we've seen in in phases yesterday. Real Madrid, and then you can't stop City. You can't, and that's not arrogance. That's an understanding of football and been in it long enough to see what the qualities of the opposition are, to see what comes up against us, and to know that if we turn up today and we're at our best, you won't beat us. Um, and it's a really strong position to be in, you know, as a fan, as a player, as anyone. It's a really strong position. Well, Jim, same question to you, Paul and Torby. Uh, let's start with you, Paul. I mean, uh, turning point, um, is, is that it now? I mean, is the City going one of these fantastic runs and, you know, we come into the new year, uh, still in the latter stage of the Champions League FA Cup, having won the World Club Cup maybe as well um, and, and flying in all cylinders or are we? Are you still not quite sure City were where they were last year? Um. Let's bring it back down to ground. ground. We, 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 we destroyed a, a, a Bobbins team yesterday, didn't we? I mean, a mid-table at best. Um, <laughs> um, you can't help yourself. You cannot help I can't, yourself. I'm sorry, I couldn't. You've been I, itching I couldn't, to I say that the whole podcast. <laughs> You've been waiting know, for the opportunity. Aside, I know, I know. Joking aside, I, I put some out on Twitter uh, the other day and I said, because it's the same and this is genuine, I do this every year. People always say, oh, about the derby and all this event. I just say, all I want is no controversy. The best team on the day, doesn't matter what, you know, it goes out the window on the derby. The best team on the day, I want them to win. And then I've got no no problems then. So yesterday, we had two, two, two teams. It was uh, They were slightly weakened, but I don't really see that as a problem. Um, we didn't have Kevin De Bruyne. But what was refreshing was the referee. Was I thought he had a belting game. And I, there was a bit at the end where he could have sent maybe someone off and all the rest of it. But the actual decisions on the field, the way VAR handled the, um, the penalty, I thought that was done right and everything. So yesterday, the game was played under a level playing field. So that's what we can do when everything's, you know, when City play to their best, then all things are equal. I have no worries whatsoever that City will win every game. As long as we can keep that, then we're out, we're out of the, um, the Carabao Cup, aren't we? The League Cup, whatever they want to call it. We're out of that as well, and I think that helps us. We can, we can concentrate on the, 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 big, the big trophies, if you like. I used to love winning the Carabao Cup, but... Um, you know, now now we can concentrate on on that treble again. Um, 
and it's I think we're starting to click now. We've we're finding our rhythm. Um, there was yesterday. I saw it against young boys in 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 spells we were building. Um, but yesterday, it all gelled together, and uh, you know, God help any other team that plays it. Because again, we're gonna we're gonna destroy a team this year. You know, we're gonna get seven or eight in a game, and it's um, you know, you can see it coming, and 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 you know, pity on them, pity on the team. It is on the end of that. Toby. Yeah, look, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I was I was getting started, and maybe this is the 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 way we. Maybe I've just got used to how we play. But as I say, I was getting a little bit worried that that maybe the after winning the treble, the desire had slightly gone. Not not gone, but a, a decrease. And I'm you know I'm not the best person to ask. I've never I've not been in a, a winning team like Manchester City. I don't think anyone has, um, but. Um, I mean, we've proved multiple times under Pep. I mean, we were sitting there last season. We played Brentford at home. The game before the World Cup, and we lost 2-1. Um, and we were, what, that put us eight points behind Arsenal or something like that? And, you know, we sat there at that point. And you, even then, at that point, you, Ian, you were going, we're going to win this league. And I'm going, uh, I'm not sure. And and we proved every single year we get to March and then go, actually, this isn't pre-season anymore. Let's, uh, let's switch on. It's it's incredible what they do. Um, you know, like like Andy says, we can go on these incredibly long winning runs. I mean, what is it now? We, we've we've broken that Tim Pot team on the other side of Manchester's record for the home um, wins uh, for the home record wins in the league. What is it? Twenty one or all competitions? Twenty one home victories on on the spin. I think it is something like that. Um, and and it, that that is just mental to look back at that, and you know you look back at records like Liverpool and Chelsea's um, home home unbeaten runs, and those are the records that you wanna that you wanna strive for. Um, I will just say as well, um, as I say, don't focus too much on Manchester United, but um, just a nice little stat I saw yesterday <clears throat> in Ferguson's twenty six years at Manchester United, he lost exactly thirty four home league games. In the 10 years since he's gone, they've lost 34 league games at home, which just speaks volumes about how far they've fallen. You know, you, you look back at the journey that City have gone through and how far they've come up, you know, the 1999 um, final and all that sort of, or, or looking back on all that, you know, we might go up, but United might make that journey that we've made up back down the way they're playing at the moment, which would just be so great for all of us. Um, but let's see... Uh, you know, yes, this is the kind of thing, you know, you look at last season, I think the thing that really kicked us on um, was when we got the 115 charges against us, which everyone loves to speak about. You know, I had I had the United fans sitting there go, yesterday in the group chats going 115 charges. There may as well be 115 points between us at the moment, the way they're playing. Um, <laughs> but the thing that kicked us on was that when those charges came in, I remember the game against Aston Villa and we just, we were playing with an anger, with a desire and maybe this is the kind of thing that will kick us on again, is that anger and desire to go and win and go and achieve. Well said. Last word then on this podcast to Andy. Of course, I'm grateful for your time again, Andy, and thanks very much to AMR Development UK for their sponsorship, which is really appreciated. Um, how do you see the rest of this season going then, Andy, given you you know your uh, so in, impressed with City and Pep at the moment? Is it going to be another treble, do you think? Oh, I'm never going to say a treble. I'm going to say we're going to turn up against Bournemouth, um, and we'll we'll go about that in the right way, and then we'll move on from that game. Um, and that's 
That's the way City have been since Pep came in. Um, and then one game builds into two and then you get these runs and then they just keep going. But the, the focus is next is just the next game. I'm not going to put a dampener on anything, okay? But the manager is seeking perfection in every moment. And he'll sit down today and he'll know the McTominay chance is unacceptable. And he'll know Rashford running on the inside shoulder on Kyle Walker in behind Diaz and his chance in the second half is unacceptable. And that will be something that he'll take away from the game as much as the possession, as the dominance, as the 3-0 win. I know he will look at that and say, this can't happen. We have to be better. Um, and I think while, you, while you've got that attention to detail, um, I'm making sure that complacency does not set in in any way. I, I'm pretty sure that they'll sit down and they'll look at them two moments as a staff and then show the players, we, this can't happen at the top level. You know, we can't allow that moments for opposition because if they, if they do score them, it's a, it's a totally different reflection on the game and it doesn't paint how, it should, how the game was. Um, and it would have been an unfair reflection on the dominance. So perfection is what you have to drive for. And I know he'll be pointing that out. We won't finish on a negative, the positive is, um, I just love it, and I, I and I reinforce it. Celebrate the Derby win, hang out your windows, get the flags out, beat your horns, because that's how important it is to the fans of every club. Make sure you celebrate it. Forty-eight hours, maybe. Put it to bed and move on. Become humble again. Don't stay with it because it's not. Uh, it's not. Don't don't identify with it. Just enjoy it because otherwise the arrogance sets in and, and City have had too much um, adversity and they've had too many struggles in their in their recent history of the last 25, 30 years to ever become complacent and, and, and believe that um, um, just don't, just stay humble. That's what I'm trying to say. Just stay humble. Enjoy the Derby win, but stay humble. That sounds well, like uh, Paul's, uh, Paul's last 24-hour highlights, to be honest, hanging out of windows. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it going till Wednesday, if that's okay, Andy, because I've got a big United fan <laughs> booked in for a service. No so more. I'll Wednesday. Have... <laughs> that's it. No more. That's it, Wednesday. And I'll finish at seven on Wednesday. And that'll be it. <laughs> well, well said, Andy. Um, as I always say, uh, there's only one way to finish this podcast. It's great to be a blue, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>